You know, the worst thing about starting a new episode, <laughs> Chris, on is I don't know how to start a new episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this is something brand new I'm wanting to try. So, like, I mean, remember the talkie we did over on, uh, on One Less Die where I have never done a talkie on, on that show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's breaking new ground, you know? So, I guess we kind of go ahead and, and jump straight into it here. God, I can't remember how many Patreon episodes I've done. I can kind of glance as I'm talking right now, but we've been doing the Patreon for quite some time. Been very blessed to have Patreon subscribers help us fight back the bills. Like, I don't know if RPX would be around today if it was just, you know, me paying money. Yeah, if it was just a labor of love. Yeah, a labor of love. And it looks like we did 50 episodes, which 50 is a pretty good run on that. And, I think when I really originally started the Patreon stuff, I wanted, I was listening to a lot of just talking podcasts, like what well, they're all talking, obviously, but like, I think I was listening to the Trillbillies, just like a leftist political podcast and a lot of other things. And I thought, well, hey, it would be fun just to sit down and have like an RP, like a, a and I was also listening to the Mix Six, but I, was, I thought it would be fun to, you know, to sit down with my, the people I play games with, just have a, a regular conversation, just bullshit around, and then just have kind of topics that kind of guided everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that sounds pretty easy to do, right? Yeah, except for one one crucial issue, which is scheduling. Oh yeah, scheduling is just, it's 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 been always kind of a kind of a, like the bane of everybody who does tabletop role playing games in general. And then let's double that for for the whole podcast for podcasters. Yeah. yeah. So it was just I. I think 50 is a good run for that. And I may intersperse some of those things as things keep going on, but I want to try something different with you today. And hopefully, you know, as this goes on, we'll see how this goes, but we may obviously have more people involved the more the merrier, but I think this, the Genesis, for, well, let me go ahead and just say what we're doing. I'm calling it right now, working title roll up. Cause we're basically just going to roll up character sheets with you. Now, those of you on Patreon, you're kind of getting the, beta or the alpha where we're trying to just figure out what we want to do and things like that. But this is, this is what it's going to be for a while. So we're going to roll up character sheets, but it's also, it's not just going to be, you know, say for example, today me and Crazon just sitting there going through a book on when it says here, you want to do this. It's just, it's not going to be uh Crick's creation sessions that were like two, three hour session, three hour episodes on one less die. <laughs> Yeah, though we do have that that I could pretty much throw in here for like, hey guys, would you, you want to see what a D twenty system is like? Yeah, do I watch Adam dive into the pits of hell, being the uh, the Mass Effect D twenty rule system? Okay, so pretty much the genesis of this is just one of we have all these games that we have sitting on our shelves. Who looks at my wall of shame? <laughs> the rows of shame for me. I've got several of them right here. Yeah. And I thought it would be fun to kind of do a podcast where we kind of jump into those. So, and maybe, you know, getting a group of us together, rolling up characters, it may be, you know, get the juices going and it'll maybe a game I happen out of it and so forth. Mm-hmm. This will be on your podcast. One less die. We did a character creation, actually scenario creation, I guess you could say for a project we're working on. Yeah, we did a campaign, like kind of brainstorm of like positing a setting from one system to another system, i.e. the 5e Curse of Strahd 
for D&D 5e to uh, Vossen. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, D&D, and it, no, <laughs> you unfamiliar <laughs> with it, Vossen is a Nordic horror game by Free League, which over the past year... Scandinavian uh, invasion. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a bit. I mean, I think the Kickstarter is for The Walking Dead coming up. Yep. Here. It's it's sort of breaking their uh, their stride of uh, 80s franchises, but I mean, we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm interested. I don't know if I'll back it yet or not, but uh, yeah, it's it's something kind of cool. So we're kind of piggybacking off of the broad Vossen kind of crossover here. We've already done character creation for our primary characters, but since we're trying a new format here at RPX, I wanted to take, you know, branch off of something we were vaguely familiar with. Vossen, for example. You know, as things go on, I would love to have Chris sit down with us to do character creation for a known army. Yeah. What about also Swords of the Serpentine? <laughs> Since you want to run a game at that at some point. So like we and but we need to learn the system. So <laughs> well to be honest with you, Swords of the Serpentines are gonna be the second episode of this probably here. <laughs> but it's for you listening at home, kind of think of this as a session zero or a session zero for the game that never happened, kind of stuff like that. We're ideally we're gonna take our character sheets that we create today and we'll put them up on, on Patreon. And if you wanted to play as, you know, Hilbo Haggins or whatever we row up, then, you know, you can download our character and have fun with it. Hilbo so, Haggins? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that, I, you know what? Fuck it. That's my name now. <laughs> that's my character's <laughs> name. Well, Freely does have the One Ring game. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And there's a 5e edition coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it all, it all comes together. Yeah. And that's not an 80s property. So we're going to go ahead and kind of jump in do character creation, but don't be surprised if we don't go off on some wild bullshit tangents because that's just, again, I, <laughs> uh, but I would rather just be like you're sitting at the table with a bunch of friends and join a conversation. You know, maybe if you'd like download a character sheet and fill one up at home, work with us. You can pause us. We'll wait. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now that back. you're back with your pencil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Vossen, let's go ahead and jump into it real quick mm-hmm. here. But we've got some of us have the tangible book in front of us. It's <laughs> such a beautiful book. I think you are probably the one that I'm going to pass this off to here. Vossen's been sent over every step to you, and I know that you've made a lot. Well, we've probably made the same purchases. What What would you tell people about Vossen and just the feel of this game? And why don't you kind of color it a little bit by saying? And talk about Curse of Strahd, what we're trying to do real quick. I mean, you just elevator okay. pitch it. Yeah. Elevator pitch. So like for Vossen or for Ravenloft or the, the Vossen loft? <laughs> well, we're going up the elevator, down the elevator, and then maybe okay, back so up first, the elevator. Let's start with Vossen, with Vossen. So this is how I actually, this is how I told some of my, my players on One Less Die for like to kind of get them like, like I know what their interests are and such like that. So Vossen, it, like it says, it's on the title Nordic Horror Role-Playing Game. So it's investigative horror, similar to like Call of Cthulhu or Trail of Cthulhu or whatever horror setting where, where you're a bunch of investigators looking into the supernatural, but it's set primarily in Scandinavia or like that region of Europe, although it's not tied strictly there. That's just where it kind of came off of. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like Call of Cthulhu 
but if you were investigators looking into mysteries involving supernatural creatures that may, aren't necessarily cosmic horrors, but they are like more like folk horror monsters from like the local of like of regional legends. So, and, and it kind of has a bit of a, the, the monster hunting or the, the sort of like mystery, the, the dealing with some of these creatures is very similar to if you've ever read the first book or two of the witcher and how like they, they cook, and some of the creatures and some of that and how they deal with some of the creatures and that, like that's kind of how I picture it. Cause like they, they look into what weaknesses these creatures have and they utilize them against the, against them. Yeah. The book does state that like Vossen are not good or evil. They're just like conflicting with human problems, but that also depends on how you're playing the game and such as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, the, the game's like inner, like, overall struggle is that Vossen represent the natural world and the old supernatural world. And they are coming into conflict with the new industrial revolution that's happening in the 19th century in Scandinavia. So your players are people with the sight. Like basically you have like a sixth sense that you've gained either through traumas encountering some supernatural creature or that you were born on a certain day that give, grants you the ability to have the second sight. So you can, you're the one of the few people that can actually like notice the supernatural before it becomes a problem. And so that's why you're brought in there. There's a society, there's sort of like a secret society involved as well. Like an organization of, of, of investigators that are sent out and yeah, you go and deal, you, you go and deal with them. You don't necessarily have to destroy the monster or like kill it because sometimes that's impossible or like very hard to do because you're just a fleshy human with a couple of like, folkloric remedies <laughs> but you can also oftentimes the problem the solution to the problem is like uh negotiations with the supernatural creature to kind of work with them again with work with them and work with the people the humans involved to try and come up with some kind of symbiotic relationship so it's it's a bit more complex than simply like a, a call of cthulhu horror monster hunt it's more of like there's a little bit more intrinsically complex with the the you're you're actually having to do like sometimes negotiations with yeah. these creatures of supernatural myth. It's it's definitely uh, not a power fantasy. It's- no, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, you are squishy. I have based on the dice system, which is uh, the no Your, the year uh, zero the year yeah. zero engine that Free League has. Combat in this game is very dynamic, or is very like uh, it is not really great there's no like real great it's either you win or you lose (laughs) yeah it is very dynamic it's very polarizing like it's very polarizing like there is no middle ground you either like succeed well or you or you 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 die poorly (laughs) (laughs) so and and you have to be that's why you have your characters generally have to be careful with what they do and such uh so that's that's Vossen in a nutshell, and that's actually how I won my my one of my players over. It was like, well, you like The Witcher and like all those Eastern European kind of nods in their folklore and like the monsters and, and how the Witchers like deal with them and stuff. Let me tell you this game about Vossen, which is like that, but with an, more of an investigative bend. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, one of my early kind of draws to it, you know, it's not a, it's not set in North America, and also, and then that was kind of always something that kind of messed with me on. Knights Black Agents, like you play the game, say it's written, you could be an American or Canadian, but you're probably over in some, you know, Eastern. In Istanbul, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're in Istanbul hunting down Dracula and whatnot. And, you know, 
the creators have said everything in Sweden, but yeah. you know, immigrants came across the ocean and they and they brought with them their their monsters and their folklore, so it's easily transported. I personally think it would be fun. I've always I talked about it in the past, maybe even doing one set in rural Appalachia, Hatfield McCoy kind of era. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be just as fun, like if it's like so. We've talked about it off recording how Va- people have hacked Vossen to be like other, like other world, like other parts of the world and stuff like that. Like, there's one like call for like a, a yokai hunting or in in Japan during the 19th century. Yeah, and even the original author of the art books that Vossen is inspired off of mentions that Vossen is simply the Scandinavian word for supernatural creatures. It's sort of like a, an umbrella name for all the supernatural monsters and creatures and things that happen up in the northern regions. But mm-hmm. like in in like Britain and Ireland, where there is an expansion for it, they are known as the Fae or like the like the the super, like a supernatural name or like the Fae there. In Japan they're known as the Mononoke or Yokai or Yurei. Mm-hmm. Um, and Again, like for your thing there, like doing setting in Appalachia, I don't even think you need to have it like that. They're Vossen being carried over from like the old world. You could just call it Haint. Yeah, got a bunch of Haints. Exactly, because like that, I believe, like I'm pretty sure that's the word, like the the term used for like supernatural creatures in Appalachia, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just, I just like, I just give it a an Appalachian blend of like, and you can probably use the stats and stuff for some of the monsters because they do tend to like. Yeah, the like archetypes to tend to exist both in like the supernatural world as much as the mundane world. So, and okay. and there are some haints that are similar to the ones that are the like to Vossen and some of that because, like you said, yeah, we did ca- cart over our culture when we immigrated to this country. So, it, you see it also in Newfoundland. Like Newfoundland is primarily of uh, Irish and Irish and English like immigrants and such. Yeah. And so they brought over their fairy folklore. Like if you go to modern day Cupids in Newfoundland, they have a fairy or they have a, like a community center with a fairy garden. And the, the, the people there that work there can tell you stories like of like local, like folk tales of the area. And it's a whole like mess of like fairy folklore. So we could essentially sit there and take Fawson and turn it into creepy possum. If you wanted to, <laughs> yeah, we could do a modern, a, a little bit more of a modern one, and do like creepy, yeah, creepy Vossen, <laughs> or like yeah, yeah creepy Possum. <laughs> yeah, creepy. Po- I hate it. the creepy Possum makes it sound a little bit more Appalachian, <laughs> just yeah. like because it sounds like creepy Possum. <laughs> <laughs> creepy Possum. Well, I do like possums. <laughs> fun fact: so, the last time I, the first time I, the la- latest and first time I've ever actually seen a possum in Canada was coming back from Kentucky. <laughs> It was dead, as far as I could tell, and it was on the highway, uh, leaving Windsor, like no, like leaving north of Windsor, Ontario. So yeah, they want yeah. you to think they're dead. They're not <laughs> yeah. dead, sir. Now we uh, kind of j- jumping ahead here. So in a yeah. flippant comment I made during a game, I believe, or maybe it was just a game fell through for our Saturday morning games and whatnot. I kind of I know I mentioned something like Boston would be it would be cool to run Curse of Strahd. In Boston, and then I waited for my fellow RPXers to say that sounds like a great idea, Adam. And what did they say, Crazon? Like, eh, man, I think I'm gonna stick with the the, the set of the system we are using right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, like I, I'm sitting here, it's like, 
yeah <laughs> Boston and Boston loved it makes so much sense <laughs> so here here we are like we've already uh, we sat down recorded a talkie it was uh, us and our PPR David who was very interested in it he's going to jump in on that game we've already ran oh uh, so zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah we read our session zero and uh, we've Honestly, probably, I don't want to put words in Curzon's mouth, but that, you know, in the near future, we're probably going to be looking into a, a smaller campaign of Ravenloft. Yeah, I, I have, if, if my notes right now are going to stay the same, roughly, I've chosen, like, I think I've got, like, six, like, major point, like, major locations or major, like, kind of... um sections from the curse of Strahd book that I'm going to touch on with the campaign. So maybe anywhere between six to 12 sessions. We'll, we'll see how, we'll see how things go. <laughs> don't threaten me for a good time, sir. Do not. Yeah. This is cool. So why don't we, let's kind of start with this. What is, why don't you tell us a little bit about your reimagining of, Vossenloft, as we're calling it here, kind of the basic story of or premise or setting of the world that we're going to be rolling up characters for today. Okay. So the players are in the real world, like 19th century Earth. Mm-hmm. They are they do they don't realize it initially, but they find out in the first session, or like in the in the first few sessions at least, that they are all distantly related. Like they're all distant cousins. And their families all like part of their families all have a root to a singular individual known as Granny Ilsa Olsen, who mm-hmm. was a either somebody from our world that ventured into the mists of Ravenloft and found herself in Barovia at some point, or is a Barovian herself that came to the real world, or to the to the mundane real world. Yeah. And sired a family and then had to return to Barovia at some point. And then sporadically throughout the the genealogical history of the of the families has shown up to spirit away the uh, spirit away a I don't know if this is spoilers but, no <laughs> um, spirit away or, or has come has has shown up to uh, to do some stuff some machinations with the various families that the characters are tied so they all the all the members of the uh, of the player group know of granny olsen in some degree like they've in their lives they've met her and they've, they've formed some kind of a bond although the family considers her very eccentric and very like not shun her but like they they don't talk we don't talk about granny olsen um, yeah. and there's very mysterious things that are revolving around her and the players are also the cousins that all that the relatives and like the uh, the members of their families that have the site because they have the, cl- the closest tie to granny olsen as a result and there's going to be some more secrety, like mystery things in the in the campaign as to why that that isn't such, and it ties to the plot line. But ultimately, the characters after the session zero that we had are going to get a letter plus some uh, some uh, some tickets of tra- some travel tickets to London, which will uh, uh, take them. Which apparently there is a train at London that is going to take them to a tavern called the uh, the Blood of uh, Blood of the Vines. Though, where exactly they're unsure. The train, but like the train seems to know. Like the 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 train will seem to know. Yeah. 
or the, com- the, the, the conductor and such. And then that's kind of where they're going to end up. Like they're going to end up in Barovia, like through the mists and end up in the village of Barovia where in curse of straw, that's like where the jumping off point is. Yeah. And from there they will have to go, find, they will have to do things in Barovia to get access to further the, the plot and find granny and find out why she invited them yeah. to these misty lands. Uh, while dealing with with supernatural creatures that again when you look at at, at Ravenloft and like a curse of Strahd, you could it's very like once you look at it like the reason why I clung to it is like Vasenloft it makes so much sense or Vasenloft it makes so much sense is because like Ravenloft and Barovia specifically is very much steeped in eastern european and like european hammer horror sort of uh, horror genre so mm-hmm. a lot of that can also be easily planted into using Vossen. Yeah. So hence well, and again, like I like D D. I played it. I like 5e. I love 5e. It's way better than, to me than uh, than 3.5 or uh, four fourth edition because it's so much more streamlined. But I also like to try different systems. So I if I get the chance to to blend a setting with a new system, I will do it. Um Especially one that fits thematically. (laughs) Well, I think also one last thing to add about the Vossenloft is this is, we mentioned how deadly uh, a Vossen can be and stuff like that. So these, Mm -hmm. this is not us going out to kill Shrod. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that like when you guys enter Barovia, it is between the resurrection cycles. Cause look, I was doing a little bit more digging into Ravenloft. It does seem like even when the dread Lords die, you can have it as like, well, do they die permanently or do they get resurrected after a time? Is it, it so? It's kind of like in Castlevania, even though you defeat Dracula at the end of the first of one game, he'll be back in the next one because he he's always getting resurrected or there's, there's like a cycle to it. And Barovia and the other Ravenloft lands are supposed to be like prisons for these dreadlords. Yeah. So, well, hopefully um, we can break the cycle. Yeah. Or yeah, the, the, that's definitely there's definitely going to be a tie because you guys are finding yourselves in the middle of the. Uh, the cycle without Strahd. Yeah. But there is a machinations that might threaten that kind of chaotic but peaceful time. Mm-hmm. Or chaotic yet hopeful time, I guess, is the uh, would be the proper term. Awesome. I think I'm ready to create a character. Are you about yep. ready to jump into this? Yep. I've got my name, so... <laughs> Basically, guys, for, we've got the character sheet up. We'll include the form fillable one here as well. Yep. But it's got kind of a different approach. So we're going to go through it through the as the book discusses it first and foremost. So I I think pretty much let's begin with archetype. Let's pick an archetype, and then we can go back for our name and our age because age actually does kind of play up. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've already perfect. got my name. <laughs> I'm keeping Hilbo Haggins. <laughs> oh, you got Hilbo Haggins? Yeah. All right, I think I want to do a female character. And I was like, this is the year, in the year of our Lord here, 2023. I know. I swore that all my NPCs are going to be named after country western musicians. So I don't have a name yet. So, I mean, my current one for Fossenloft is John Anderson or Johan Anderson. But, you know, and that's a 90s country musician guy. Blow Simino wind, you know, just a swing and whatnot. So I'm going to pick an archetype. Uh, what is uh, what? What is what archetype are you going to be? These are backup characters, possibly for our game. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was thinking honestly a private detective for Hilbo Haggins. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Hilbo Haggins is a Hilbo Haggins. <laughs> I think I'm going to be a priest. Okay. Oh, you know what kind of priest this is going to be, ladies and gentlemen. If you've known me for any personal, any point in time, I have Evangelist. a weird. No, <laughs> no, well, I have a weird, I have a weird fascination with snake handlers. Ah, so, nice. So I'm kind of I'm wanting to make like a backup character for mine in case something happens to Johan Anderson. So I guess Anderson would be the last name here. But I, I think I may make a brother, a younger brother. I kind of like the idea of, you know, we're, we're essentially going into the Fae, so to speak. Like, if something happens to my character, then the next in the bloodline is called, or yeah. he feels a calling and, and goes after his brother. So I'm wanting to make, like, yeah, I want to make a priest. So... Once we got our archetypes, it's going to kind of give us a, a, li- a list of predetermined stuff to pick from. It gives us some some names that you can go with, like first name, last name. I don't really like going with that. But it does offer some particular motivation. So we're playing this in the book as written. Of course, both the creators and everybody involved in this, you know, you don't have to actually pick these motivations. I either need my motivation is performing a sacred mission Cleansing my tarnished soul or understanding God's creation by going into Castle Dracula. Hmm. I, I do like this the motivation for the getting away from my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with that. Cleansing my soul. So of course these are just role playing tools, but I do think they actually are things that we can call upon. At least a GM. From the GM standpoint, you should at least try to hit each one of your character's motivations. So what was your motivation for your character? I I do actually like the idea of getting away from my family because like it could be if this does end up becoming like the main, like a a supporting character that we can like, like, oh, your character died. Well, here's this. Here's Han. Here's Hilbo. Here's Detective Hilbo Haggins. And like, it's like, yeah, they're trying to get away from their from their Earth family and to like because they've they've got a calling to back to Barovia. Um. Or even likewise, like this character could even be already be in Barovia, and their motivation is to help the uh, their cousins that like the main players because they want to get the fuck out of Barovia. <laughs> they want to see the sun. <laughs> They're tired of how dreary it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's so. your dark? Once we pick our motivation, the trauma. That's the next on the list. This is yeah, a real trauma. easy character creation, but. Let's, let's, go let's, ahead and read okay. off your list if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, let's just take, for first off, I do want to say like I love the archetypes of of Vossen are really cool because it's very reminiscent to me of like a character playbook in in Power by the Apocalypse games. Mm-hmm. So like, and again, like I'm glad that like because I have players that like spend hum and haw and spend like hours building a character because they don't know what to do or like they have, there's so many options. So the, the fact that they give you like these kind of like quick and easy, like archetype options, it's so much more, I think effective for like getting, a, getting and going. Like we, we did it that, that we did character creation for two of our players for that session zero in like an hour. And then we had enough time to run like a two hour game. So we, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's very light. And I mean, I also point out that, the reason why it took an hour to make that those characters was also because we were teaching the player, the, those players how to like, like they, they had never touched Vossum before. So mm-hmm. we also oh, that can add on too. Yeah. Well, oh, it's a quick pickup and it's 
once we get into actually distribution of like attribute points and whatnot, which go pretty quick too, it's, I mean, there's not a lot to it. In fact, if you're paying money for this, you may want to refund. I'm just playing. Don't, don't ask for a refund. <laughs> okay. But, so you want to, you want me to like name off yeah, my traumas? <laughs> yeah. My name off your potential traumas. So as a private detective, the, the option or the, the potential options for trauma is uh, heard the cry of a miling during your search for a missing child. That's terrifying. Had nightmares and woke up breathless and mare ridden. Mare being a type of like night hag mm-hmm. uh, in Voss and lore. Came face to face with a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, because I kind of like, I'm, I'm full disclosure, this character is going to be roughly, not enti- not blatantly, but like there's going to be some subtle nods to Sherlock Holmes because private detective. Yeah. <laughs> so like the werewolf thing could be like the, a Baskerville kind of thing. The nightmares could could very well be like actually I think I li- I like the nightmare one because that could tie into a certain adventure that I'm going to be bringing up in our Vossenloff game involving a certain night hag. <laughs> the miling one I always found the milings cre- like really like tragically creepy because they are like they're they're the 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 spirits or like the the kind of a supernatural creature created from dead unbaptized children children. yeah discarded and unbaptized children so but i think i'm gonna go with had nightmares and woke up breathless and mare ridden sounds good sounds good let's see priest i as we were sitting here going over that it did occur to me i said i want to put i want a female character so i'm gonna make like a, a female character the downside is and definitely in rural areas and not just Appalachia, but, you know, in religion or Christianity in general, you know, it, women have had a backseat. But you know what the great thing about this book is? The book says that I don't have to. You could either acknowledge or you could make up your own world where this type of thing wasn't. Yeah, it can be the idealized version of like or a romanticized version of the 19th yeah. century. <laughs> so so regardless of because I did want to make this one of the Appalachians where regardless of her gender, I, I still want to stick with that now. So, a named Anderson priest class, maybe priest with a strong word. I may find something like you know other religious thing like that. I don't want to make it an occultist, so to speak. Not simply a priestess, like priestess. Um, she does. She know. It could just be a like city of gods. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like snake handler. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just a term. Typically, that was is... Pentecostal is the uh, denomination that mainly practices it, and not all of them do. I mean, yeah. there's Pentecostal churches near me, and they do like speak in tongues and stuff like that, but they don't, you know. <laughs> all right, boys, we passed the communion plates around. Bring out the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious is there is there a female ver- equivalent to a reverend? Mm-hmm. I think they still use the same terms. So just reverend, yeah, and then like also like if, if <laughs> father or mother, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. I think this is, you know what I really like the idea of? Sunday school teacher. Yeah. So this is uh, snake handler. (laughs) This is going to, this is going to play a bit as we go further in character creation. I'm going to jump into my traumas right now. I do have ideas for other things. Mm -hmm. Okay. The options I have hurt someone after being enthralled by a witch. Mm, Maybe. Watch a church, watch a church grim tear apart. Some thieves trying to steal the church silver. So a church grim is basically a giant supernatural cat, like a practically the size of a bobcat. But so, and they they guard like cemeteries and churches. 
I hope pencil that. I mean, take a chamber that one. I think I'm gonna go with it. But the third option is a third, the third owner of a spiritus serving as a church of void being twisted. I don't under, know what a spiritus is. S p e r t u s. Uh, spiritus is a. It's a. It's a familiar Vasa. It's like a spirit. I think it's like a witch familiar of types. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's in the spirit. I think it's in the spirit category in the actual in the original Vasan books. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's Again, fine. No, that's fine. We, we, I, we, me and Adam have spent like two years like gushing over Vasan, like the original, the original material, and then like partially the, the, the RPG version. <laughs> uh, and then we stalked them at Gen Con. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, spiritists like they're in the book. Magical beings are often appearing in the form of a shiny black bug or a small white snake or worm. It is said to be in league with the devil and humans can use its power to gain wealth, love and success. The most common way of obtaining asparagus is to go fishing in a brook with a human leg as bait or a, or keeping a chicken egg in one's armpit until it hatches. Asparagus usually lives in a snuff box and needs to be fed every day with human spit. If the owner for gets to feed it, its vengeance will be terrible. Sooner or later, the creature will take control of its owner unless it is sold or given away. Ah. But it can only be passed on twice. The third person to accept the creature will never get rid of it. And the spiritus will assume control, assume direct control of its owner. <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. does sound cool. Yeah, I think I honestly, think... like the, the the fact that it's a, it can appear as a small white snake, I think that might have to be it for if you're going to go with this continue with the snake handling aspect damn it that's you t- you've torn me you said snake yeah because i wasn't going to do that i was going to pick like because of one of the things i've always heard in appalachia anyway it's like rumors of big cats oh yeah yeah the big yeah like the grim could just be like the an appalachian like big yeah. cat like the missouri big cats and such they they say that you know they say that they're not here by the way i I think yeah. I may even sent you to Paul you, Prince. You've told me, you've told me here. multiple times. Yeah. It's okay. We also no, have them here too. Uh, up here. Like there was like, I, I've told you the story of how a, there was a cougar that came down from the North to uh, our, our County. And apparently like, this was when I was in high school. And apparently the, the story went like on the news that it had taken down a, these horse to feed its chill. It's a feed. It's young. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Like the, one of the, the local like house, like horse, uh, horse barns had one of their horses taken down by a, by a, by a rather large cougar. But, uh, sorry, <laughs> no, <laughs> I digress. That's pretty, cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool though. I'm, I'm kind of gonna, everybody says it was a panther, but, but she saw it and it, she saw it just materialize and do this. So yeah, I've, we've got this. So the kind of conversation we had off of three little bullet points and now we're going over to the next one. Dark secret. <laughs> Hilbo Baggins is dark secret there. Chris. So what we got? I don't like. Okay, so so I I I know which one I'm going to take, but I, let's name off the other ones that I'm not too fun with. Well, the first one's not bad. There is a price on my head. That's that's okay. A constant adulterer. Not really a fan of that one. Yeah. But keeping in line with my like the ambi- the the inspiration of like Sherlock Holmes, I'm going to go with the drug addict, dark secret, because a lot of Sherlock Holmes fiction has him as being like you. You partaking quite a lot in various hallucinogenics and and such to focus his mind <laughs> so yeah much to his own physical like much to his detriment as well yeah 
So okay. I'm, I think I'm going to stick with the drug addict. And maybe that also ties it. That could also perhaps tie in to, a, to his trauma of being mare ridden or hag ridden involving a certain type of paste of uh, meat pastry in Barovia. <laughs> if you, when you, if you all ever listened to that game and he broke out that bullshit, I was like, <laughs> I, and I played a cursor trial. I was like, good damn it crew. I know what this does. And I couldn't say a thing, but yep. uh, so here's my runner ups. My least favorite is ensnared by Vossen. Well, that kind of sounds vanilla. Though I do like a, a priest that's find themselves kind of ensnared yeah. by one. The temptation, like, angle yeah. of it, yeah. If I were playing a male character, I would have so... And if this was set back like two or three more decades, I would... And if this was my Appalachian or Civil War one, I would have took this one. I have stolen my identity. Yeah. It's my dark secret because I would have loved because I've done this once. If you listen to the old RPX game of Deadlands, my character concept that I did in it was Snake Handling Preacher, but basic deal was he they were attacked. Uh, he was a Confederate, they were attacked, and everybody was dead. Yeah. And uh, he snuck around, snuck out of the dead body pile basically and posed as the chaplain. So he's a deserter, but he's also posed as a chaplain. For that, so I kind of like that false preacher thing, but I am going to go with because I'm making a making a nice little Sunday school teacher. The devil speaks to me. I think that works quite well, especially if you're going to have the spiritus. Well, if you're going to have the spiritus, it's up to you. Yeah, um, the, the devil but also like Strahd, the, the grim. Really. Yeah, yeah. Also with Curse of Strahd, yeah, like the the various things inside of Barovia. Maybe Strahd does like talk to you, maybe or maybe like you hear the whispers of Strahd. <laughs> And that would be great. And I still can't decide. I, I thought brother, but this one may be a cousin or something like that. It just depends. Really? I think, I, th- I think it would be funny. It's like, we're all just cousins. Cause like, honestly, that's, that's probably going to end up becoming the, the subtitle for this campaign is the cousins of uh, granny Olson mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, or yeah, like the cousin, uh, I guess cousins of granny Olson doesn't work out as well because like, she's the, your, all your grandmother, but yeah. Or the cousin, yeah, 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 it still works in a way because you're all cousins that have Granny Olson as your granny. So, yeah, I guess it works. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. So, we've pretty much, I mean, almost, we're almost completely done here. I don't think we can necessarily fill out relationships. I do have kind of love hate relationship with Free League's reliance on defining relationships prior to the session. And yeah. sometimes it's like, you like this person, you hate this person. Of course, they do this stuff in, like, I Powered really by Apocalypse. I, yeah. I honestly think these should be things that, and we were, I'm at least playing it in the Vossen Loft game as started. I want to fill mine out as they go, as we have interactions. I'd rather let play define relationships as opposed to predefining the relationship and then trying to shorn, shoehorn that into the game. You know what I mean? And I'm 100% behind that. I, for this game specifically, like one of my players, the the one that I want, I I told was like, Oh, this is like the Witcher, but with called Cthulhu elements. They all, they, they also do not like how in as power of the apocalypse in dungeon world, like you have to already have a bond. Like they want that tavern scene. They want to like have, have the scene before and then like kind of make the judgment call afterward. And so I'm going to actually keep that in, in that kind of mindset of like, you guys don't have to have like relationships to each other since you guys don't know each other fully. Like you're, you're tied by blood, but like you, you don't, you're not supposed to know each other cause you're all distant family members yeah. uh, who have never spoken to each other until this point, until this event. 
so I also like the idea of like session by session, I will like let you guys at the end keep or change your relationship status with your player or with with the fellow players. Just like if you guys want, if you think you you should change your relationship with a with one of the other players because of things that actions that were made during the session, I I'm fully allowing that like fluidity. Yeah, up I have a name. No, it yeah, came to me. I'm Loretta Lynn Grin. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm Loretta Lynn. All right, that's actually Loretta Lynn Grin. L i n d g r e n. I hopped on Wikipedia and typed in Swedish surnames. So I'll just go through. By, okay. by the way, Henriksen is a good one. We could be a Lance Henriksen. Yeah. Or Lauren Lauren Henriksen. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. that would work. But he's going with country. Laura Lynn, by the way, I think she just passed away either this year or the end, tail end of 2022. She was a Kentucky country musician from Eastern Kentucky. Big deal for us out here. She did like a co miner's daughter and a bunch of other things. Did oh, du- okay. duets for Conway Twitty and uh, whatnot. So here's the next thing I want to jump into. So we had an archetype and we've picked out our trauma and we've picked out our motivation and all. Let's pick age. Now I kind of waited till the end on this. If yeah. you were going through the checklist, this archetype age name and attribute points and then all this other stuff, but I'm kind of jumping around as order on the actual character sheet. So our age groups are young, middle-aged and old. So young, I like the fact that they're kind of limiting this. So it's either 17 to 25. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of being someone young is you get more attribute points. So you get 15 attribute or points. But the downside is you get less skill points, which are more like knowledge base or, you know, something that you've gained proficiency with over time. So there's middle age, which is 26 to 50 which is a nice middle of the road. It's like a 14-12 spread. And then finally, there's Ode, which is plus 51, which my birthday's coming up Sunday, and I'm going to be 43. So I'm looking at Ode. So fuck you, Vossen. <laughs> that, that actually, like, man, this is just really just bummed out my... Oh. <laughs> I feel my mortality. You know what? I'm still in middle age, so I am going to pick that Loretta Lindgren is... Middle age, I kind of like the Sunday school teacher, which is she's pre cat lady, kind yeah. of never married, never. <laughs> which, it's like that that church grim is just prepping you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna go with the grim rather than the spiritus, yeah. Oh, I've already got enough bad things. I mean, I'm a Sunday school teacher is trying to cleanse her tarnished soul when the devil speaks to me. So <laughs> there's only so much hell a, man, a, a woman can take. What about yours? What is our I am, I, I'm kind of leaning toward old because I like the idea of like, not so much like, like either like a, a ver- an older Sherlock Holmes or even like a, the, uh, the guy from uh, the, the detective from the Columbo, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Columbo. Yeah. Or Columbo or uh, the Dupon guy from, I think his name's Dupon. Probably not from murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Murder oh. on the uh, Orient Express. Do. Oh God. Is, is it Dupon? Or, no, 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 I can't remember that one. I was, I was thinking of Knives Out. Yeah, of. but yeah, I like the idea of just this like drug addict, a drug addicted like private detective who's like in his waning years, um, maybe like fifty five. <laughs> that works. W- waning years in that like he 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 may like, and he may look a, like not bad, but like 
he his like the insides are definitely like not great <laughs> because of <laughs> his his choices. It choices. I'm saying George Sims. It's a country thing. You know, moving on to like I have kind of a mixed feeling about how to do skill points and all that three days from retirement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have mixed feelings about some stuff here. Like so chronologically you should pick out ability points and then skill points, but I kind of look at the skill points to decide what I'm gonna drop into abilities. Because the way this works is with the year zero ones, you're at least for Vasen, your core of attributes are physique, precision, logic, and empathy. Yep. So that's what I'm going to distribute my points with. But when you go down to skills, you have like agility, close combat, and then moving away from that, like stealth, range combat, investigation, learning, vigilance, uh, inspiration, manipulation, observation. But each one of these pairs with, you put points in those, but they pair with the attribute. About the ability. So, for example, if I were wanting to, you know, your character is wanting to investigate, you would row what you have in investigation. So, if you put three points into that, then you could turn around and also add to that pool what you have in logic. So, you're basically combining the two attributes. That's the total number of D6s that you're going to row. And then, you know, let the cards fall. Yep. So, you know, school teacher, I mean, somebody who is a school teacher, I think physique is going to be my dump stat to a degree. Yeah, I, I, I think also, phys- I'm, I'm actually tied between like, because pers- like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Uh, I, might, I was thinking like physique, maybe empathy, because like crotchety old <laughs> detective. And also, again, like, but like, also like, it would be interesting to have like him also be like, fairly fit all like all things considered at least on the outside because he's got that kind of like again that sherlock kind of inspiration Mm -hmm. of like he did he does know how to fight but i'm just curious so like logic goes into investigation which is going to be his main stat it's also vigilance and learning so he'd like know all that kind of stuff so here's the way i do it you can do this as you want i like feeling points in and kicking them around so i'm just going to go forward and add three 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 and then, yeah. I, is there a cap on how much you can add to an ability? Yes. So, uh, four across for for attributes, it's four across the board, except for your main main attribute, which can go up to five. And old age and deception versus youth and exuberance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I was also looking at like so precision is used for like it's it's for medicine for range combat and stealth. So, I uh, yeah, I and so actually, I I kind of like the idea like maybe that's like he doesn't use guns, <laughs> he uses physical like combat when he's in a fight like again like the pugilist kind of aspect of of sherlock um logic's gonna i'm I'm immediately five for for logic because he's an old he's a very old and and veteran detective yeah so yeah i'm 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 debating like basically i guess it'll be like five i guess i'm just i'm torn between physique or precision being um uh, being the next one, and then empathy is going to be my dump stack. I think. Well, precision would be stealth, and as well. Uh, so manipulation is also empathy, which is yeah, that would be, that could be handy. And I don't know, like, do you think do you think this detective should be ha- like? I guess like this, like this is a starting character. So like, should this should this detective be just like this, like hammer to nails sort of like detective? Like just very straightforward and not very empathetic or like manipulative 
you just more of like on a. Well, age um, has made him that. Hmm? Yeah. He does yeah, not suffer, suffer fools. Yeah. He used to be like the, like easy to like, like able to like pick a lock and like enter a, enter a building like on un, un, unannounced or like be able to like bullshit his way through things. But as he's gotten older, he's be kind of taken on aspects of, of Watson <laughs> where he's just like, <laughs> just kick the door down. Yeah. <laughs> See, okay. my time's limited i'm not fucking with this yeah i like that yeah he yeah he's he realized he's realizes mortality i think i'm going with the spread of uh, zeke to precision three logic four and empathy which is my main stat gonna be five okay now oh do do bear in mind you have to have a minimum of two in a uh, attribute so i did put two yeah okay I'm 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 saying it on my end because like I have a five in logic, a four in physique, and so I guess I have to have a two in precision and a two in empathy. Yeah, because uh, I only get thirteen attribute points. No, there is a there's a chart in the book somewhere. Yeah, and there's also a chart on the GM screen that I ended up with. But yep. essentially, you know, they've got it broken down to percentages. Yeah, for when you roll. So you know, if you are rolling two die. And you're trying to get a D6, and chances of success are nah, not so great. So, you know, those are going to kind of inform decisions. Now, there are ways to kind of push that, and you could take conditions and whatnot, which is a little beyond the scope of what I'm wanting to do in character creation here. But you can do reroads in this game and stuff like that. But, you know, we're these are just parts of a party, so to speak. So we don't have to make them like a jack of all trade kind of deal. So um, I have got 14 points to distribute. In uh, skills? Yeah. Or I think it's 14. No, you have 12. 12. You have 12. Well, even worse. You have 14. Okay. You had 14 in attributes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also bear in mind that no skill at the start of the game can have more than two points. And unless it's your main skill, which is, th- it can be, it can go up to three points. Okay. So. So manipulation. So I've already got like six tied away here. I kind of like the idea of having a character that has some medical background. So I'm gonna put one with that. I think. Uh, see what I put. One, I typed one, four, five, eight. Investigation. Put one for medicine. I like being able to potentially heal myself. Yeah. I'm gonna give manipulate. I'm gonna I, even though like I have really crappy like. Like empathy is one of my lower stats. I'm gonna actually put in some put in two in that in manipulation and maybe observation. So hang on. Five, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So and then one oh. And then maybe one in what do you think? I have one more <laughs> one more point I can put in agility, force, medicine, range combat. I'm also gonna like just ignore for a range combat because this character I think force. You're 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 oh, Rocky yeah. in the last movie where Rocky actually fought before we went into the Creed stuff, and you know the, you in that there's this whole nice little training deal. It's like well, you're not going in for you can't move like this beforehand, so you got to be able to pack a punch and take a punch, kind of deal like that. And that sounds like force to me. So okay. you're not dodging out of the way. You're gonna you're gonna take it, and then you're gonna give. Okay. So that gives me like roughly like yeah wow <laughs> actually so, so the the Boston system is hands full of fistfuls of dice fistfuls of d sixes 
based on and the pool is based off of your attribute and your skill. So, for example, if my my detective has a logic of five and a investigation of three, which is the max on both of those, I have a dice pool of eight to roll and I have to get sixes to succeed in the game or to even have any chance of succeeding. Yeah. Hence why I said earlier the 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 combat system is very decisive divisive because you either you either get a six or you get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Good day, yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> there, we have already done skills, so we're doing yeah. good. So next up, I suppose, is talents. Talents. And then I think at that point in time, I mean, talents, we could probably go over equipment. Uh, I don't think advantages or I don't like playing games with money. Well, not there is a resource thing that we could kind of try to figure out real quick. That would be yeah, fun. Too hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, it's it's basically like, do you have this much resources? Then you can afford it. Yeah, uh, and your friends can also give you some points of resources. Like like you guys can like pool resources. Yeah, which I gotta say is probably the like, as somebody who survived several campaigns, both as a player and a GM, foolishly trying to tinker with the D twenty modern. Re- like wealth wealth rules yeah no i i i think i i like this a little bit better this one's a little bit less complex and annoying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i just didn't understand it back then but like yeah, yeah i i think the the uh the way it's done in this is a little bit easier sweet so yeah. do we want to do like sorry do we want to yeah. mention what we what our options are for talents yeah go ahead and take us through what options does the investigator get so the, the private detective gets eagle eye or elementary or focused. And so what that means is eagle eye, you gain plus two to vigilance when trying to interpret the situation you are not familiar with. Uh, elementary, once per session, you can ask the GM to explain how clues are connected. And focused is ignore penalties from conditions when making investigation tests. I kind of feel like I need to take elementary. <laughs> but- I feel like you're like, obligated as well. It's it's elementary, my dear Watson, or my dear my, my dear Adam. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it just it it it, it works. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and and in the character creation, you have to take you can only take one. Yeah. Of these. Now uh, you're able to eventually buy another yeah. one. And yeah, because so, you but, that's part of character advancement. Mm-hmm. So what so, is what does the priest get? Oh. Well, the one that I'm going with is Absolution, but I'll go through them all. The lesser ones first. Confessor. With this ability, you may use observation instead of manipulation when having a confidential conversation. I may actually move a manipulation ability out, too. Like, that doesn't seem like my character. But so, I mean, it's nice to be able to be in a, in a crowded room, and then you could I could roll this and be like, pull them aside and like, hmm. No, what you did, kind of thing. There's blessing, which this sounds really good for kind of a support character as well. Once per session, you can bless any object or another player character. And I would do it by going, well, bless your heart. <laughs> and then, you know, the player character or anyone using the object gains a blessed advantage, adding plus two to a test of their choice. The advantage expires upon use or when the mystery is over. That sounds really handy, but absolution is where I want to start out. A player character who confesses to you as an activity 
kills three conditions instead of two. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a healer, so to yeah. speak, or spiritual healer. Healer. Yeah. I hold the snake. Now tell me what you did. So I'm gonna add absolution. Okay. Traits done. <laughs> Quite quickly. Next up, yeah, there's resources and equipment, I believe. I'll tell you what, you look up resources yep. and I'm like I'm <laughs> and I'll sit in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I'll just sit here and let you do the work. I, I hate so, yeah, so, so resources. Your resources your resource value indicates how much capital you have at your disposal. Higher value means that you enjoy a nicer home and lifestyle and has easy have easier access to the things you need. The table on the next page shows the meaning of the different values. In-game events that affect your living standards will change the value. Normally, you start out with the lower value of your archetype. However, this can be raised by spending a skill point or by spending skill points. Each point raises resources by one, although your starting value cannot exceed the indica- what, indica- what is indicated in the archetype. Resources can only be raised with skill points before you start playing. Once once the game begin, well, once the game has begun, you can only increase resources by purchasing talents. See chapter four. So, and yeah, the game the game has uh, resources from one to eight. So, number one value being destitute, number two being poor, three being struggling, four is financially stable, five is middle class, six is well off, seven is wealthy, and eight is filthy rich. <laughs> and you can kind of surmise what that kind of means, like what all those kind of mean by their terms, but like they have little paragraphs that kind of d- detail what yeah. different like standards of living, like destitute, you are completely dependent on others for your survival. Poor, you live very simply. Struggling, you are, you have a humble home and a fixed income. Financially stable, you own your own home and have a job that provides a steady income. Middle class, you are, you own a home and a business. Well off, you have a big house and apartment. Wealthy, you have a large amount of, you have large amounts of inherited money and real estate and filthy rich. You are the, what you are one of the richest people in the country and have direct contact to its rulers. (laughs) So yeah, from paupers to Kings is the resource about is, is essentially the resource spectrum. Do we write do we row? Because mine says like nope. resources four to six, six. Yeah, so four to six, you choose the lowest one or the lowest value, unless you want to spend some of your skill points or like deduct some of your skill points from your skills to bump that that number up. Say four, and it's really more just inheritance for what Loretta has. Oh uh, uh, shit! I might actually have to. Rem- I might have to like. Mine's at two. Is <laughs> the lowest. So I am a poor detective. <laughs> Actually, that makes sense because my character maybe like that he, they've fallen on rough on hard times. So, crawled into a bottle. Yeah, crawled into a bottle or some meat cakes. I, too many. I, <laughs> Literally crawled into some meat cakes. We laugh because otherwise we'd cry. <laughs> yes, of course, because it's really horrible what those are. Yeah, equipment was so they're listed with the character sheet. Like I do a complain if I were going to complain about something. Mm-hmm. It, it, with this, it would be there's not everything's in an easy to, f- to go format in the book. So you you go through like a brief description of like here's character char- attributes, ca- physique, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that you need to fill out, and then you've got tables that you can roll on, 
and whatnot, which we do need to roll on mementos after we do this. And I think yes, we're there done. are mementos. Yeah, but basically, you're just kind of going through fifteen pages, kind of jumping around. But once you find your, I mean, it's easy, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's easy, and it's not like a shadow run book where I'm sorry, your rules in another playbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good lord, trying to pick out skills and abilities for fucking oh. Mass Effect D20. Jesus uh, yeah, Christ. Exactly. Yeah. It, I uh, had spreadsheets is... going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, you want to learn accounting? <laughs> Play Mass Effect D20 or Shadowrun. <laughs> I'm a certified PPA, guys. Now, or here's my uh, ability or equipment, excuse me, I can have. I can have a musical instrument or fine wines. Well, honey, I can't be drinking. That's bad. So I have a musical instrument and. Oh, that like snake handler thing. Sorry, not, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe it might be a little tad racist or something, but it's just like oh, dealers. Yeah, I like a flute, but I kind of also like mountain instruments, like a dulcimer or something. Yeah. But, uh, I think I'm gonna actually go with I, I like I like a mandolin because I think a mandolin is a beautiful instrument. Mm-hmm. It's small, it's compact, it's got it definitely got a folk tradition. So I have a mandolin. Okay. <laughs> Certainly enough, I was raised or I was raised Church of Christ, which is I don't know what sect you would call it. It's not quite Baptist or anything like that. But like we don't even have, we're not we growing up we couldn't even have instruments in church. It was it was also we it was a sin to really refer to the preacher as reverence. That was a term we reserved for God. So like I I don't practice, but I'm still like when you said reverend earlier, and then when I'm looking for instruments, it's like those <laughs> it's still here, guys. It never so, goes away. <laughs> it doesn't. So I have a dulcimer. Yeah, yeah sir. That, that sounds. I wouldn't have holy water. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm trying to like figure because because I'm noticing in the archetypes, especially for the uh, the te- the private detective. So magnifying glass or lockpicks. Easy choice. Magnifying glass. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it says. But then like after that comma after lockpicks it says revolver comma knuckle duster or binoculars. So does that mean that I get the revolver, or does that mean that I have to choose between a revolver, a knuckle duster, or a binoculars? Here's the way. This is maybe an English, a Swedish thing. I don't exactly know. I when I'm looking at this. So folks, let me repeat this with what I'm looking at. My equipment list says musical instrument or fine wines, writing utensils, holy water, or old Bible. So there's two ors and a comma. So yeah. here's the way I'm interpreting this and the way I would want, because I don't want to go out and fight Dracula with just a mandolin. I'm, I'm going to pick musical instruments and fine wines, for example. And then after that comma, I'm going to do, it's either writing utensils, holy water, or an old Bible. Does that make sense? So I, I personally like the idea of doing two uh, equipment. Two items, yeah. Does that seem, it, what's your take uh, on that? Because honestly, it, to me, it right it, it reads like I get a magnifying glass or a lockpick. I get the revolver, but then I also get either knuckle dusters or binoculars. So to me, it looks like it sounds like you get three items. <laughs> hmm. I mean, go for it. it. It sounds good with me. <laughs> Mind you, my character's not going to be good proficient at all with <laughs> with that revolver. So <laughs> I'm barely pick. ever going to use it. <laughs> I'm going to um, pick old Bible. 
for mine. I'm just going for two. That's just kind of how yeah. it reads to me. Honestly, I'd be fine. Like I, I'm fine. Like knife because I'm not even going to use the 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 revolver. I'm I'm choosing magnifying glass and knuckle dusters. This is something that I would probably. I'm not going to do it on on Mike. And all this would be something I may look into elsewhere just to see what everybody else's interpretations of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with that. And then they provide you with some kind of a bonus, I think, like those equi- that equipment. Which Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking to see that. That's elsewhere. It, yeah, under equipment, I found it. Maybe. <laughs> equipment. Talent. It's equipment's its own section. Yeah. Maybe. What page yep. is it on? It's on page. Where the hell is the page numbers in this? <laughs> Bottom uh, center. Okay, 74 and 75, which do not have their page numbers. I had to guess that by... Looking at the next page, the the page before it. <laughs> so we um, have just went over thirty pages on this yeah. thing here, which is fine because this is yeah. items. It's not like you know, it's, the game book encapsulates the entire everything you need in the game. So it, it makes sense that they're going to be kind of all over the place for, to a degree. Yeah. Okay, so D&D plus Beyond one bonus. Me. Hmm? I yeah. think D D Beyond's for me, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I've just I've survived Shadowrun, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it fits. Yeah, so yeah, the magnifying glass gives me a plus one bonus, and the effect is you can use to find clues during investigation. And then the knuckle duster is a bo- is a plus one bonus, and it has one damage, zero range, and close combat. I don't have any of mine listed here. No, I well, I, musical instrument. I don't see it listed. Anywhere? Oh, musical equipment. Okay, it's a bonus of plus two to medicine. Knit your bones. Knit your bones. Twing, strum, strum. Wait, what are you? Sorry, what what was it you're looking for? Sorry. Sorry, So the musical instrument. It's. Oh wait, no, that was medical equipment. I can't. Oh, musical instrument you're looking for? Inspiration. So I'm gonna sit there and it's gonna be like sound of music. I'm just gonna break out a guitar and start. (laughs) Our <laughs> with the sounds of Strigoi. <laughs> it is, uh, it's an inspirational. Okay, let's see yeah. if you can find Bible. Bible? I wonder if it's... Uh, it does say Old Bible. Old Bible. So this might be under O. Old um, scrolls? Information or learning? Special services and stuff. Hang on. Old scrolls, book collection, book glasses. I don't see a Bible. I'm looking under weapon. It's not there either. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> Melee weapon. Oh, it's, it's throw the book at you. Let me throw the book at you. That's that's all. Yeah, it doesn't seem to give you a... Maybe it's under old... No, it wouldn't be under old scroll or book collection because those are for learning. Yeah, this is, this um, is a definite issue. Yeah, this is a bit of a... Old Bible. It says page 70, 123. 120. Okay, so it's under. Oh, because I think I know why. All right, let's uh, go ahead. One twenty-three is uh, is items of power. Yeah, it's in. It's in, It's under the. So when you go into because one twenty-three goes into like rules for Vossen and Vossen combat. Mm-hmm. So like items that you can use against Vossen, i.e., like items of power or like magical items. So that's why where the Bible comes in because it's holy scripture. It's got holy damage. <laughs> so add ins- the effect is add inspiration to your attribute test when performing a fear test. So as long as you have that book in your hand, you get advantage against fear uh, fear tests. So it's my favorite rule in the book. 
it doesn't exactly have a number, so I just got to put... You just add in... No, because it doesn't have like a plus... You don't add a plus or anything to it. It just counts toward like you can use your inspiration when doing when doing fear tests. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And that means that I may, if I go around, pick it, tweaking my points, well, two's the max. I may... Well, no. I've kind of went empty as my main one. I may switch my character around a little bit stat-wise. That's fine. In in lieu of that, I mean, it's it's kind of a thing. Now, uh, okay, so it's, now that we've gotten that out of the way, now that we've got the basic, the basic bitch items. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, <laughs> we're done. I don't know if you want to me if you're fine with me cursing on your on your show. Oh yeah, I mean, they. I think I probably said a few already. So next up, I suppose is uh, our uh, mementos. Yeah, mementos is how we're going to end it out. So they've got this weird kind of setup <laughs> oh, here. It's such an interesting system. Yeah, uh, so yeah. let's let's go find it. I gotta scroll back. Well, you're flipping through tangents. I have it stuff. already. It's on page twenty-three. <laughs> God bless. Um, it. He's faster on with his fingers <laughs> than I am. Like, That's why I like physical copies of things because I can just quickly like fan through a book. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, guys, if you all get the PDF version of this with when we purchase it, Free League's really cool about giving you a copy of you know the Unlike PDF certain list. products. <laughs> the PDF is like double pages, so there's. 22 and 23 are on the same PDF page, which I do not like that from somebody who is sitting here, who would sit here and go through it on a phone or a tablet. Yeah. Like having to scroll from one side, like you not only do you have like scroll like vertically, you now have to scroll horizontally. If not a fairly, if you ever listen to this. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Thank you. You make wonderful products. Sorry about Gen Con. That was awkward, but we'll move past it. As what happened to Jake <laughs> uh, no, I, I had to mention it because I may end up putting this out to the general public. One of the Free League guys was trying to open a box, folks, at Gen Con. And he was struggling. It was trying to rip the tape open and whatnot. Well, I pack a pocket knife. I have one in my pocket right now. I just pack a pocket knife where I go. Yeah. That was how I was raised. It's, and, it's, a, it's a very North American thing. <laughs> like, we do it up here in Canada. Do you pull blades on Swedish people in Canada? Because apparently hey, that's how it was. Pro- yeah. And disclosure, he didn't pull it out like like in a mugging way, like knife out. The blade was closed. <laughs> he handed him the unclosed, like he handed him a closed pocket knife. <laughs> but the Swede Man, just up. looks like a deer in the headlights. A deer with a face mask in the headlights going... And then he tried, he, he, I, so I extend my hand and I've got this small pocket knife, two bladed one, but it's closed. You need a knife? And he looks at it, looks at my hand, looks at me. And then after a awkward pregnant silence, if you will, if you're writing a really shitty paper in high school and you're looking for different words to substitute, he says, no, I'm, I'm trying to look tough. I'm trying to get muscular. And you do it with my bare hands. Arms around. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. If you're that dude, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just our way. <laughs> bad. So anyway, row two, six D6s. for mementos. We're going to row two six sided die. I am actually going to pull out my old, my shatter dice that are, oh, no, I don't have them here. Damn it. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that from the record. <laughs> I'm going to have to row mine because quite frankly, I left my dice downstairs from our last game. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm I just I am opening up for the first time my Mutineer Zero dice, and I'm gonna use the two of those d sixes. So you only row 
two d six, but you're not adding them. So they're two different spots. So you're either going. You look at the one spot. It's kind of like BRP, but it was for d sixes. So you're going one through six in the ten spot, and one through six in the one spot. They do this a lot in Coriolis. I know for a fact. Like if you wrote a crit, you could roll damage by rolling d sixty six, and and basically, you know, you kind of BRP it. Uh, my row came up with. One and one. So I'll 11. 11. So I have a drive rose. I got a three and a six. So 36, a tamed pigeon. <laughs> I'm, would you allow me, like for this character, would you, would you be okay if I changed the tame pigeon to a tamed raven? <laughs> of course. Okay. Ravens are smarter anyway. That and like it's more thematic that like a raven would be like a messenger raven rather than a messenger pigeon in Ravenloft. That a dried rose from the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's that was the yeah maybe that was something that you found on one of your your first uh, your first conversation or first discourse with the devil, <laughs> i.e. <Yeah>. Strahd. <laughs> or I mean, it could have been a boy who. Yeah. Left too. I mean, I, I'll, I'll make it. I don't want to make him too dark, make her too dark. So I'll play with who, what it's from. But yeah, that's a dry rose. That's how it went. There's some really cool ones like you know, dirt from a, an unknown land. Oh, really oh. sorry. It could have been a rose from your gra- from Granny, and it's one of the roses that she picked. She got from the uh, the gardens at the uh, the Wizards of Wine. Uh, there we go. It's it's a rose from my grandmother. Yeah, I like that. And then when we, because spoilers for the campaign, I'm I'm going to use the adventure, the the chapter in the uh, of the Wizards of Winery in in Curse of Strahd <laughs> as mm-hmm. one of the uh, as one of the Keystone locations. So that's good. Okay, so yeah, we have our mementos. I think um, we're done. I don't think there's. Oh, we could do, do armor. <laughs> we could do armor and such. A, <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything like that listed in my ability anyway, or weapons yeah, and whatnot. Say, I, yeah, so I guess it, I guess it, does anybody get any kind of armor equipment or anything like that? Oh, the hunter I think did, didn't they? Yeah, the the hunter did, or I at least gained a weapon. I could pick a, a rifle. Yeah, you get like you get rifles and hunting knives and all that kind of stuff. Not even the veteran gets anything. Well, you don't. You're you're off the clock, man. You ain't doing stuff anymore. I just I'm I'm curious about the armor thing. Sorry. No, it's uh, fine. Look it up. Armor and cover. You can wear armor to protect yourself from attacks. Armor gives you a protection value when hit by an attack. You roll the number of dice indicated by the armor's protection. Each success reduces the damage by one. Wearing armor also makes you clumsy and impart a penalty. Okay, so yeah, armor is more like you're putting on like act, like an extra layer of protection other than your regular clothes. So yeah, that makes sense. actual armor maybe. Hmm? Yeah, actually, yeah. Like, well, the, there's three types. There's light armor, he- medium armor, and heavy armor. Yeah. An example of light armor is a leather cuirass. A metal, a medium armor is wearing a helmet and a chainmail shirt. And heavy armor, I would assume, just means like an old suit of plate armor. Before you encounter, and that uh, you do that before you encounter before you encounter a fearsome boss. But it does also require fast. A- this requires fast actions. While in cover, you may also dodge as an attack. Oh, that's that's involving like using cover and stuff like that. Because there's also a a cover table for like furniture, a wooden door, a hill, a house, a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it bigger than a bread box? No. Yes. Then you have cover. <laughs> <laughs> 
think that pretty much way I'm going to look. I look at this here is like if it didn't give it to us in the beginning, it's up yeah. to us in in gameplay to use our resources to purchase a weapon. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm fine with like because we're we're just using we're wearing the the the, the actual outfits we wear are are likely cosmetic uh, outside of and then that's basically it. So yeah, I think we're done. We don't have any insights and defects. Is that a thing that we need I to think do? It's, I think we gain that in play. Yeah, I think you're right. Just going to quickly double check, though, to make sure. Yeah, it looks, I'm not seeing anything. At, so, yeah, basically, after equipment, I think we are basically done. Everything else is conditions and advantages and, like, how to ex, ex, how to advance your character and such. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did it, guys. It's our first uh, first bit of roll-up, as I'm kind of working title anyway, calling this. Roll-up. <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> now, now we cheated, obviously, because we've already got something going on here for this first one. Obviously, you know, I'll, it, I'll, like this was like only like my second, I guess, technically third time using Voss and rules. So, mm-hmm. like, I did make a, I did make a vagabond um, as my first like Vossen character, but this is my second Vossen character officially. I think this is my second as well. I I like the rules. I think Coriolis is my big love, but I'm big. I'm a big fan of space operas, and if I could recreate One the magic day. of like Firefly, kind yeah, of stuff like that. But this is, it's fun. It's quite. It's quick, so to speak. Even though you know we kind of talk through everything on this here to a certain extent, I think uh, I think it went well. Yeah, I I I, I think we've we've thoroughly rolled up characters use it and and we've explained like how to do it in in this uh, in this talkie so yeah so if you want folks you can go to to free league.com and get you a copy of this or drive through rpg like i said if you buy it from free league i think they actually just give you a drive through rpg code i think that's how yeah. that works it's pretty simple rules and if you get a chance uh, of course rpx is going to promote this as well may even seed it whenever the uh, voss and Law stuff comes live and the talkie that has went with this. So we will definitely include that somewhere for yeah. you all to find from one last die. <laughs> also full disclosure. It's not going to be called Voss and Loft looking moving forward. It, it is the campaign itself is officially called Mistborn. Mistborn. So, okay. Yeah. Just, just throwing that out. So like, don't look for Voss and Loft, look for Mistborn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, Krayton, thank you so much for joining me, man. I know this is a, midday kind of thing right at the end of the month i'm gonna edit this as soon as we get off here and it's gonna go onto you know screeching halt onto patreon this evening but where can people find you on the internets so glad you asked yeah if i haven't if you haven't heard it from by now or if you haven't heard me blatantly saying it in this discussion when i'm not playing with and and the rest of the rpx crew you can find me on my own actual play podcast called one less die a, it started as a Shadowrun and gaming actual play podcast, but we have since spread out into different systems and different games since our original GTS Shadowrun campaign. I have a backlog of audio fo- of, of audio recordings from games I've run since 2012. So, and I've just now, after like about three years ago, gotten around to sitting down and like listening to them and editing them and posting them online for people to have a look at and see the history of how I became a GM. So you can check out a variety of Shadowrun, Call of Cthulhu D20, Pathfinder, Monster of the Week, Dungeon World, etc. games. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when I'm not running games for my players, I also run a podcast called Al Dente Rigamortis as the review cultist. And it is basically a online book club slash constructive critique of various creepypastas. I love creepypastas. I've loved them for a decade now. And I decided really like eight years ago, I think at this point that there was, there wasn't a, there wasn't a decent podcast that actually just talked about like the, the contents of the creepypasta. They just read them. So I wrangled some friends together to run or to, to read and discuss the plethora of internet stories out there that are most creepy and most pasta. I just recorded one for you last week. As a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For uh, Patreon, uh, for, uh, based off of the red mist loose ends creepypasta. That is a s- fan-made sequel to the original Squidward's suicide game or su- <laughs> suicide game, the Squidward's suicide creepypasta. And it was sort of an experiment to see like, does this ancient OG creepypasta stack up when you put it right after you read that and then also read this this sort of fan-made sequel to it that goes in further. And I think the results were pretty pretty interesting. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But and, uh, I like how you squid game that one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's that maybe that's why I kept calling it game. I, I thought I think I would just like because over the last few years on Al Dente Mortis, I've started kind of like pushing in, pushing my, uh, or cre- my, my gaming side has been creeping in. So like, I've started like talking about how you could use this, cre- this creep pasta or that in like, as inspiration for like game fodder. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You can check me out though there. So. Well, thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure. I hope you, those of you all at home have listened to it. Enjoyed this. If you <laughs> Hey, it's a it's a work in progress, folks. So as moving forward here, if you have any suggestions to you know what you liked, what you didn't like about this first segment of Roll Up Working Title, maybe even you have a better suggestion for a working title for me, please drop it in the comments below. And yeah, until next time, we'll see you all later. Sleep well. Bye bye. <laughs>